All right. Well, let me just kind of, uh, before I have Brother Mark come on up, and I just want to explain a, a couple of things. Um, Brother Mark reached out to me, I guess, a few years ago, and, uh, and normally they have this you know, a wonderful dinner uh, where they invite a number of pastors uh, around the area and, and just kind of introduce uh, to those pastors, local pastors in the area, what Gideon's ministry is all about. And I've gone, I think, uh, two out of the past three times, uh, three years I've gone, and I got to tell you that every time I go, I am just touched deeply because and some of you have gone with me and, and, and you know how powerful the presentation is because it really puts the focus back on what it should be. And that is winning souls. This ministry has been doing a great work for a great number of years and making sure that the gospel is being spread all over the world. Some of you, if you've gone to some of your hotel rooms, if you open a little drawer, some of you might have seen the Gideon Bibles there, you know. This ministry has been doing a great work. And so, uh, Brother Mark Austin, he's one of the representatives of Gideon, and uh, he's an incredible man that I've, I've come to know the past couple of years. Um, and for those who don't know, and I, I think I mentioned to a few of you that uh, uh, Brother Mark, his wife suffered a, a stroke, I believe, last Tuesday. And so we continue to pray for a speedy recovery. Uh, Mark was telling me this morning that she, she's uh, making some huge strides. And, and then while she's there at the hospital, she's actually passing out Bibles and, uh, and still sharing her faith. You know, and, and I said this to, to Mark in, in back. And, and I said to him, I said, you know, uh, those of us who are serious about evangelism and spreading the gospel, uh, we understand that it's par for the course that you would be attacked by the enemy. Because the enemy wants to do everything that he can so that people cannot come out of darkness into his light. So the enemy will fight us. He'll attack our families. He'll attack our homes. And you remember the Apostle Paul said that he was beaten. He was shipwrecked. He was left, half, half, he was left for dead. He, his life was constantly hanging in the balance. And no matter what the Apostle Paul faced, Paul knew that his primary mission was to make sure that the gospel got preached, and he persevered. That, that speaks something about the man who is sitting before you today. And it's not, and trust me, he cares very deeply for his wife, and she's a wonderful woman. But there's something about in the Bible that says, seek first the kingdom, and all these things will be added to you. That includes healing. And we know that when we're serious about God's work, how do we know that God will take care of ours? And to see that this man, is, he understands because he's out there. He told me back in the back, he says, he said, brother, I'm just praying. I just want to get that chance to go to Uganda. He says, if God send me, I'm ready. If God want me to stay home, then I'm, I'm okay with that too. And he'll minister to his wife. But the wonderful thing about it is that he understands that the gospel, and his wife understands that the gospel is central to everything that we do. And no matter what happens in this life, we must make sure that the gospel is preached. Do you hear me? Because it is the only thing that's going to save men. It's the only thing that's really going to help any of us. Amen? And so, uh, won't you do me a favor, and won't you stand to your feet, and let's give a warm welcome to Brother Mark Allison as he comes and ministers with us this morning. My father was, a, was an atheist, and he kept my family away from church. When I was about 11 years old, my mother left, and she, uh, she left me with my alcoholic father. And he came home one night after a barroom brawl and a fight, and it was all bloody, and he decided to give me his philosophy on life. He said, be number one. 
Don't be number two, be number one. If you have to lie, you have to cheat, you have to steal, be number one. Now that's not my testimony. You can go to the next slide, brother. That's not my testimony. That's the testimony of a gentleman named Dean Matter. Now, Dean Matter, you can, you can advance the slide, brother. Dean Matter is from uh, Cleveland, Ohio. And he, he went through life stealing cars. Uh, by 14 years old, he had stolen a car, but then dealt with firearms, been in jail, spent most of his young life behind bars. Uh, he, he spent so much time in jail that they let him go to Vietnam as opposed to go to jail one more time. He came back from Vietnam with a bad attitude, came back with uh, still hooked on drugs and went from college campus to college campus doing things he shouldn't have done, stole a bunch of credit cards, made his way out to Vegas and Reno, uh, got arrested in Reno, got arrested again in California, uh, and again, never wanting to go back to doing anything about God and anything about church. Started hitchhiking his way back across the country. Figured out, I, I want to learn something, so I'll go and I'll go back to uh, the Middle East somewhere. And, and they've been around longer than the United States. Let's go back to the Middle East and find something uh, about religion that may be deeper than what the United States knows about. So he's going to catch him a boat in Miami and find his way to the Middle East. He stopped off at a college and convinced some young lady to drop out of college and go with him. And they made their way to Florida. Got to Florida, he got arrested again. By the time he got to Florida, he, he, he was in a jail that was a little different than any other jail he'd been in. And he had to stay to himself. He couldn't beat up anybody. It was a little bit different in Florida. He used to hang out by himself and he used to love to smoke. So he'd pick cigarette butts up and, uh, and, and get the, uh, the tobacco and put them in his room and, and just keep collecting tobacco. And he would go to the library and steal a book out, rip some pages out of it, and use that to make his cigarettes. You know, one day he went to the library and found a book. He found a book that we had placed there. And uh, we put a different cover on it we'd take it to the jails. And he said, boy, that paper is a lot better than that other paper I've been using. So he started pulling out paper out of the book of Leviticus. And he started reading the book of John because he said he didn't want anybody to take that book from him. That book was so good to him, he didn't want anybody to take it. So he started tearing out the pages of Leviticus and smoking the book, uh, smoking the book of Leviticus while he was reading the book of John. On December 18, 1972, Dean Mattern surrendered his life to the Lord Jesus Christ because he, he, he found Jesus in the book of John while he was still smoking Leviticus. Wow. 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 Dean you can, I left his name up there so you can look it up. You can find that testimony online. He is a, life, is a community pastor at, in Jamestown, North Carolina today because he ran into a Bible that was placed there by Gideon. Next slide, sir. My name is Mark Austin from the Gideons International. We're Christian business and professional men. Uh, organized back in 1899 for one purpose and one purpose alone. To see men, women, boys and girls come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's the only purpose we have. We, we share the gospel in two ways, just like you do. We take tracts and, and Bibles out of our pockets and just share that with, with people we meet. Our, we, we're organizing over 200 countries all around the world. Our Bibles are, are, are translated into 101 different languages. And we place them in what we call the traffic lanes of life. That would be hospitals, hotels, motels, wherever people are, uh, a doctor's office, dentist's office, wherever people are. You know, I, I believe when people have a need of help and a need of hope and they run into God's word, something miraculous can actually still happen. I still believe that. I still believe that. Uh, and I've come this morning to introduce the Gideon ministry to you. Uh, I want, and, and, and forgive the play on words, I would love the Gideon ministry to be a, a part of your foundation for your missions program. 
And I, and I believe, I, look, I don't believe that we're the only, only road in town. We're not the only one in town, but I believe we can be part of your foundation for your missions program. And I'd like to introduce some of the mission of the ministry to you. We are, uh, like the video said, we passed out 85 million, by God's help, 85 million Bibles just last year. Over 700 of them were distributed right here in Stafford County. And since we've been keeping record, we've passed over the two billion mark. Passing our Bibles. To God's glory. To God's glory. And listen, the Gideons are an extension of the local church. We're not some, we don't have our own little church somewhere. We're men and their wives out of churches just like this one that go out and do this ministry. And, and, and that's all we do. So, what, so why, Brother Mark, do you pass out those Bibles? If you go to the next slide, let me tell you why. Because the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joint marrow. It still does that. And, and listen, I, I loved your illustration just a few minutes ago. If you, if you go to the next slide, you'll see a, a, a scripture that you'll hear Gideon talk about every time you see him. You, you, you talked about the rain coming down, and, and, and that's Isaiah 55, 11. But 55, 10 says, just like the rain comes down and the snow, the water, and, and bread, the, the blossoms, of it, and, and they come forth, so shall my word go forth, and it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I see. Listen, I, I still am foolish enough to believe that God's word is still strong and powerful and still saves souls. I, I have no other argument, no other plea. It's God's word. That's what we do. And I have no other thing to say. But, but listen, I've come here. You've invited me here for your mission Sunday. And I, and I greatly appreciate it. But I have a question for you. I have a question for you. Next slide. What will it take? What will it take for Foundation Church to fulfill its call as a vibrant New Testament, Bible-preaching, Bible-believing, mission-oriented church? What will it take? Because I believe you have no, you have no uh, uh, option to not be a Bible believer. You have no option. Yeah. It's just how you're going to do it. That's right. How you're going to do it. Because, and here's what I'm offering. I believe we can offer from the Gideons International an option for you to accomplish what, what God would have you to do. And next slide, sir. I have three things I think you could consider. Number one, you just got to have a fresh look on missions. But three ways to do it. A fresh look at evangelism, a fresh look at the lost, and how many know you can always have a fresh look at the Savior? Yes. Let's go to the, the, uh, uh, a look at evangelism. You know the scriptures. I'm not going to quote these, read these scriptures to you. Matthew 28, 19 and 20 says, go. You have no option. <laughs> go. You, if you want to figure out how the church is how missions is financed and how, how Paul put priorities on missions, go to 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 8 and 9. You'll see. He said, I expect you to place yourself in the plate first and then give the rest of yourself. You know, that, 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 that's, that's not Gideon. That's Bible. Right? That's Bible. And if you, I know you know what Acts 1.8 talks about. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you're going to be in, Ju in, 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 in Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of there. That's Bible. That's what we expect you to do. And that's what Gideons do. So I say, if you want to have a vibrant missions program, you have to base it upon what God's word says. Now, we have some, uh, and I also believe you have to have this programmatic base to make it work. Okay, so I'm going to say, starting out with the Bible, you have to have a programmatic base to make it work. And I'll show you some of the, the spiritual objectives that we have in the Gideons and see if that's palatable to you. And I believe it will be because it's Bible stuff. 
I'm going to show you that. We, here's, what it, here's, here's what I really want you to know. And the pastor, we didn't get the chance to talk about it this morning. The Gideons are laymen. Some, some churches get the opinion that the pastor in the ordained ministry is supposed to do the work. That's not true. That's not true. The, the, the pastor is supposed to equip and be part of it, but this is, the Gideons is a layman ministry. As a matter of fact, if I ever got ordained, I have to surrender my pen. It's a layman's ministry. All of them. And you've spoken, you've seen all of these guys preach. None of these are ordained preachers. They're all laymen. So you're going to have to have the programmatic base. It's going to have to have spiritual objections. It's going to have laymen, and it's got to be Bible-focused. And I hope that, that that's not a new news to you. So let me show you some of the, the, the spiritual objectives on the next slide. We're, the seven spiritual objectives of the Gideons International, number one, we're men of the book. We believe in the inspired, inerrant, infallible word of God. We're men of faith. We're, we're born again, blood-bought believers. We know what the scripture says, without faith it's impossible to please God, right? We're men of prayer. We pray corporately every Saturday for the churches and all the, the needs around this, this community. We also pray individually. We have what we call an hour of power from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock. We pray individually every day. And we have a set of things we pray for. I believe if you're going to have a missions-minded church, you're going to have to have some spiritual objectives. We believe in separated walk. We have, listen, how many of these young folks are walking around without a biblical worldview? You're going to have to have a biblical worldview. You're going to have to have a compassionate heart. If your heart's not burdened for the lost, you will not have a missions program. Simple as that. Simple as that. And the Gideons International can help in that area. We're men and women who witness. We give out tools. We have training. We have ways to show men how to, how to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And not only that, we're men and women who give. Uh, pastors talked about my trip to Uganda. We don't, if we come and ask for an offering from a church, it's not to pay for any of us to go anywhere. My trip to Uganda is out of my pocket. If I decide to go, I go, and I raise the money, and I go do it. I don't ask anybody else to do that but men and women who give. We're a Christian business and professional men, and there's financial obligations. There's, there's, there's an obligation uh, to, to lost souls and winning Christ. You just can't do it on somebody else's nickel and somebody else's dime. So I just want you to know, you're going to have to have some spiritual objectives. You're going to have to have a programmatic base. It's got to be Bible-based, and, 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 and the, listen, the, the, the laymen have to be involved. This is not an ordained ministry's job to do. So I want you to know that. And the Gideon ministry can help you with that. Next slide, sir. We have a program called the Faith Fund, and I'll share that with you a little bit. But let me tell you about um, this place in Uganda. I'm looking. I'm hoping I get a chance to go there. Uh, so we sent a, a bunch of folks over to Uganda. Um, we call them International Scripture Blitzes. They go, and, and they just pass out Bibles. And, and when I go to Uganda, the goal is 125,000 Bibles in one week. That's the goal. So in Jinja, Uganda, there was a, uh, an elementary school in the bottom of this little basin. You'd have to use a four-wheeler to get all the way down to it. So the Gideons were all around Uganda passing out Bibles. This particular elementary school happened to be the last on the list. They got there very late. The kids had all gone home. The teachers were still there. So this, the four-wheeler makes its way down. The men get out the truck. They have all these Bibles. And, and the teachers come out. All the kids are gone. And, and the Gideons are kind of depressed. We got here late. and It took us too long to get here. Well, the teachers came out smiling. They said, don't worry about that. They went out and they rang these bells, and, and 600 to 700 kids showed up out of nowhere, lined up on the blacktop like, like kids are to. And they took Bibles, and they handed them out, one by one, to all those little kids, every one of those little kids, smiling, 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 smiling. And when those kids walked away smiling, the teachers invited them into the school, and they, and they just walked around, and they finally went to the place what they called the library. 
the library was contained 10 of these little testaments. That's the whole library. The whole library was 10 of these little testaments. That's all. So and when they said, the teacher said, you know, you gave our students the entire library today. That's why they're so happy. And, and you know, maybe you don't know, you, and you saw some of it in the video. When we give these testaments out, there's a place in the front. When we give it to a person, they sign their name. This is my book. And right after that, it has things that helps, just like the ones in the hotel. It says helps uh, around, right in the front. It says, if, if I needed some help for something, you can just read that, and it'll show you where in the Bible to get the help. But in the back, there's a place where you can, it shows you how to get saved and some things about sharing the gospel. And so when you read that and you make a decision for Christ, there's a place to sign it in the back to say, this is when I surrendered my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. So here it is. He picks off. This one Bible off the library, in the library, and he looks in the back and he sees a name written there. Somebody had surrendered their life to the Lord Jesus Christ because of that Bible. But not only that, he saw a name written around the side. He saw a name written over here. He saw a name written over here. He saw a name written over here. Flip to the other side. He saw names written all over the thing. It was 25 names written in that one copy of the Bible in Jinja, Uganda. For, for one copy of the Bible, 25 people surrendered their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. What do you think one copy of the Bible can do? Do you really know? Do you really know? That's what we do. And we have a fund called the Faith Fund. And that fund is, we, we take certain percentage of the money that comes from church. Most of that money comes out of our pockets. When you come to a, an event and you see that, that, that money we're raising, that's for the Faith Fund to fund countries. That, that we, we put countries in different tiers. Tier 1, Tier 2 are ones that are self-sustaining. Any tier below that is not enough, doesn't have enough money to actually meet their own needs biblically. So they reach out to the Gideons and probably other organizations and say, we need these many scriptures. Can you help us? And they reach over to us and we do what we can to supply the needs. And we do it through what we call the Faith Fund. Okay, so I want you to understand, if you want to have a missions program, you've got to have it with a programmatic base, and it's got to be biblically, you've got to know where you're going, and we have a process to help with that. And we offer that to you as an option. You can go to the next slide. So I just wanted to give you just an idea. You know, the Bible says uh, the burden that Isaiah saw and the burden that Habakkuk saw. This is the burden that we see. There's, now, this is just a, a truncated list of all the countries that say, we've done the assessment. We know how many Bibles we need. Will you send them? Nearly four million. They're already there. They've already done the assessment. They've already went to the hotels or schools. They've been, they've been around already. And they said, in Colombia, I need a million. In Mexico, I need almost 500,000. Can you send them? Gideons don't work on credit. We pay for what we have money for, and we send Bibles to where we, where we can pay for. So if you want to know what our burden is, do you, you want to jump in on our burden? I want to show it to you. So when I come and ask for a, a, a gift, a donation, I have no hesitation to ask you for it. I, 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 I'm not going to feel bad saying, can you help me? Because that's what I'm doing. Amen? Amen? That's what I'm doing. So I want you to know where we're going. Next slide. Next slide. Um, I'm going to try to stay on track here because we're not supposed to preach. We come here to give a, a message and let you know if the foundation church is going to be what it's supposed to be, a New Testament Bible-believing, uh, missions-oriented church, it's going to have to take a fresh look at missions, specifically in evangelism. It's going to have to. But not only that, next slide, sir. Not only that, if you're going to be uh, in, into not just evangelism, but you're going to have to have a fresh look at the lost. Because that's what it's all about, reaching out to the lost. Next slide, sir. I, 
to, I'm not going to go to these scriptures, but, well, yes, I am. As a matter of fact, go to the next slide. There's two scriptures. We talked about one of these this morning. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why Jesus, was, that was one of the reasons he was sent. Luke 19 and 10. If you remember the story, this is Zacchaeus. He's up in the tree. And Jesus says, come on down. I'm coming to your house. Some of the naysayers start getting on his case. Look, Jesus going to that guy's house. And Jesus made a correction. He says, I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. And then later on, there's a, there's a passage of scripture I want to call. I'm going to tie these together. And I think I'm biblically okay to tie these together. Jesus said to them, peace be unto you as my father has sent me. So send I you. So if you tie that together, seeking and saving and sending are biblical practices that, that a, that a mission-minded church has to adopt. That's not Gideon. That's Bible. Next slide, sir. So I don't think I'm, I'm, going, uh, I'm making a, a, an improper tie to say seeking, saving, and sending is something that has to be part of your program. And I'm going to say that the Gideons can help with that. I'm also going to say it's not passive. You, you, you don't just save the people who show up at foundation. Right? It's not just, I'll wait till they come here. <laughs> That's not it. It's, it's, I, I bet you, and, and I'm, I'm going to put Doc on the spot. I bet you if I said, Doc, pull out your Bible. Doc will be able to pull out his Gideon Testament. Because that's what we do. We, we don't go unprepared. I actually put your track in my pocket next to my track, so I'm going to use it one of these days. Because, listen, if you, you can't share something you don't have. Right? You can't share something you don't have, so we go prepared. I like wearing jackets to places because I need pockets to put stuff in. Okay, so you're going to have a missions-minded church. You're going to have to be, a, you have to be intentional about it. It has to be not passive. You have to go find where the lost are. You have to go there and seek them out and find them. It, it's not going to be passive. Just when they show up, I'll, I'll share the gospel with them. It can't be. And the Gideons don't take this passively. And I, and I share this with you so we can go where they are. You know I can tell you about jails. And I'm going to tell you a story about a guy in jail. We go to schools. Next slide, sir. You know we're in, in hotels. We talked about that already. But let me tell you something. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I used to be a very, I traveled a lot in the past. I don't travel as much anymore. But if you reach a businessman and he want to hand him a track, sometimes they get a little standoffish. They might take the track from you, but the, the pride gets in the way. But when you've been on the road a long time and it becomes weary and you get tired of traveling, Sometimes you, you, you reach into that, that drawer and you find that Bible because you need something. And you might reach into the pocket that that guy gave you a track. And they might read that on the road out in Cincinnati. And you might not read it here in Stafford. So we put a Bible in the hotel for that moment when he's weak and he's weary and he needs help. And so we put a Bible in every room. And let me tell you something. Hotels right now are starting to push away. So you need to pray for us. Hotels are pushing away. They're starting to replace Bible with books that nobody ought to read. Yes, they are. Next slide, please. Let me tell you about Brian Cole. Now, that's not Brian Cole, but this is a, a picture that I got off the internet. But Brian Cole said, you Gideons are my worst enemy. He said, I, I, you guys are my worst enemy. He had a, and that was his former attitude. Now, about 10 years old, he got involved in satanic worship and all kinds of things and his dark occult type of things. He, did, he just hated Christians. He used to go around on Christmas time and decimate nativity scenes. That was, as a matter of fact, he had a tattoo. He got a tattoo printed on the bottom of his foot, cross, so he could walk and step on Jesus. That was his attitude. He ended up in jail. Um, 
ended up in jail in Chippewa County, Wisconsin. And he, he got involved in a, a drug and alcohol program. And he said, well, to do the homework, Mr. Cole, you have to go get yourself a Bible and fill out the homework. So he found himself a Bible in jail. And to fill out the homework, he had to search through the Bible and find the answers. And here's what Brian Cole said. I went to fill in, I started out filling out my homework, and the Lord filled me with his spirit. Brian Cole surrendered his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Gives great testimony. Again, that's not Brian, but you can look up Brian on the internet, and Brian and Gideon, and you put that together on Google, you'll find a testimony of Brian Cole. I, I, I challenge you to go look at it. I still believe that a, a mangled life that runs into the word of God, something majestic and something special can happen. I still believe that. And I challenge Foundation to, to believe in that with me. Because that's what it'll take to build a missions program. I get a chance at times to go into the Rappahannock Regional Jail. And the first time I went in there, I came home. I was so tired. I was weeping in, in my bed, crying. Ty it, was, it was like this combo feeling. I was tired. I was overwhelmed. So when you go in there, you put a bunch of, uh, you, you take all the material, Bibles. You take um, um, uh, devotional material. The, the, the uh, I can't think of the name of the things. The the. You guys know these devotional things. I don't know why I can't think of it right now. But we get monthly devotional material. We take them around. And I have piles of them in my, literally I can't, barely hold them. A daily bread. Upper room. There you go. That's what I'm looking for. Um, I say, can you, uh, do, do you want a copy of a, of a Bible or an upper room? They say, no, I want two. I want three. I want to give them to my roommate. If you ever want a, a, an emotional surge, go to the jail. Because they're soft and they're ready and they've been broken and they want the stuff. And, and I came back, I took all this material and I came back with nothing. And, and, and matter of fact, we go back to the jail and we don't have them, they actually get a little angry. As a matter of fact, the, the, the guards tell us, if you don't get any upper rooms, you need to tell them in advance because they're going to get mad. <laughs> if you're going to have a missions program, you have to reach out and find where the lost people are. It can't be, it can't be just when they show up. Flyers are a good idea. I, I, I encourage them. But you got to go get some. I know a guy who said, I go to Walmart every day. I got to go get me one. You go find somebody who's lost and share Jesus with them. Amen. Next slide, please. I want to share another opportunity that we have for the young folks. That is called a life book. And I have a copy of them right That's about the size of a CD case. About that size. It's a book of John. In the front of it, it goes from creation to the cross. It gives the book of John, and it gives some, some words about making a decision for Christ in the back end of it. This is a peer-to-peer -peer discipleship program for high schoolers. So we, that doesn't look too threatening, right? We give this to high school students, let them go into the high schools, and pass them out to their friends. And, and, and here's, here's a testimony I get from a young lady named Jaleesa. I'm just going to read what it says. She said she was terrified of being rejected, but here's what she says. This book has completely changed my thinking and outlook on other people. I'm a very shy person, and when my youth pastor gave us the challenge to go to school and hand out these books, I was terrified at the thought of somebody rejecting me. Listen, listen, I did, it did happen, but I got over it. I got over it. And, I, and it was the people who had, I would never think that would want this book that actually asked me if I had extra copies. I love this book. It has changed the lives of so many people in my city, and it's such a blessing to be able to witness the change. That's the testimony of Jaleesa, sharing life books. You, you want to get blessed again? That book is, to you, this book is F-R-E-E. -E. 
if youth pastors and pastors go up on the website, thelifebook.com, I'm a youth pastor, I want this many, they send them to you. And they have programs that they, 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 they let the youth go out. Now, when you get them, you get them in big bunches. <laughs> 250, 500, just a lot of them. So you want to partner with somebody on this thing. But listen, what if you find out where the lost people are in your missions program and go, go, go after them? That's what Jesus did. So why don't you just do that? Uh, and if you want to have a, a vibrant missions program, uh, uh, again, you can advance the slide. Listen, but it's got to be biblically based, right? I know churches that go out and have uh, a lot of programs that they call missions-based. Oh, you can stay there. Listen, it's got to be biblically-based. It's got to be something that's based on God's Word. If you can go out and feed the homeless, good. You can go out and, and, and give them shelter, that's good. But if you feed them and they go to hell, what did you do? So I'm just asking that you consider how you do a missions program and make it biblically based. I wanted to show you in this slide some of the distribution points that we have. We go wherever people are. Hotels, motels, we place Bibles there. We go to the doctor's dentist's office and place Bibles there. We go to hospitals and nursing homes, we place Bibles there and share gospel. We go to colleges and schools, we place Bibles there. Because that's where people are. Attorney's offices, do we have some pushback? Absolutely. Now, in our camp, in Stafford County, it's made up of about 21 families. Some of them are husbands and wives teams, and some of them are just single men. I don't have enough people to do that. You want to be part of a missions program? Help me. Help me. Because when I go to Rappahannock Regional Jail, they have three jails there. It's basically the main jail, the, 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 the juvenile detention center in a halfway house, and kind of a transition house. We, we hardly have enough people to do all the work that's in Stafford County. That's in Stafford County. Next slide. If Foundation Church, oh, you can, you can advance. If Foundation Church is going to be the Bible preaching, Bible teaching, missions oriented church it needs to be. It's going to have to have a fresh look at missions to include evangelism and the lost. Amen? Amen. Not only that, you need a fresh look at the Savior. How many know that you can always have a fresh look at Jesus? Uh, next slide. I want you to, if you have your Bibles, turn to uh, uh, Isaiah chapter, chapter 6. I'm going to read a couple verses from there because even though I'm, I'm always short on time, I can't pass this one up. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, is in the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up in his train, filled the temple, and a Above it stood the seraphim, each one had six wings, with twain he covered his face, with twain he covered his feet, with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, listen, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And the post of the doors moved as the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which was taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this has quenched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Verse 8, also I heard the voice of the, of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. I hope that will be your testimony. The other passage of scripture I'd like to read is in, in First. Uh, First Peter, 
verses 13 through 16, it says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourself according to the former lust of your ignorance, but as he hath called you is holy, so be ye holy on all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I'm holy. I want you to know that we serve a holy God. You can advance. We serve a holy God. You can advance that to the end. We serve a holy God. And that God is calling you to do what you are called to do. And I'm just saying, if you're going to serve a holy God, you've got to see Jesus as he really is. When you see the disciples, when you see the disciples, they were still fearful early on in the process. They'd seen these miracles. They'd seen all these things go on. But they were still fearful. They still ran away, even when at, his, at the time of his, uh, when he was taken to the cross. But when they saw a resurrected Savior, when they saw that death was conquered, they were fearless. And I'm challenging you, if you want to have a missions program, you need a fresh look at Jesus Christ as a risen, resurrected Savior that has conquered death and is sending you to do something for the good of humankind. That's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to have a fresh look at evangelism, a fresh look at the loss, and a fresh look at the Savior. And, and Gideon's International can help in that process and be partnered with you so you can do that. And as I finish up, let me, let me go to uh, what I think is, uh, is really important. is a call to action. And brother, I'm going to have you there. You, thank you, sir. Please pray. Please pray. We don't have access. I said we're in 200 countries. There's about 240. That means there's 40 countries, give or take, that we don't have access to. Please pray. We're not in Iraq. We're not in Iran. We're not in Afghanistan. We're not in countries that we really need to be in, Saudi Arabia. Please pray. Would you also pray for our support? Hey, look, I think the pastor's going to give an opportunity for donations from you or how you might want to gather uh, uh, funders together. Listen, I'm not ashamed to ask you to help me. I'm not because I know where it's going. We have a, a, a Gideon card program. You saw the video. Listen, what's going to happen is you, you say, I want to say thank you to the musicians, to the, to the choir, to those who do things. I want to say thank you. So you say thank you to them, but you take that card and say, but what I'm also going to do is donate a Bible to somewhere like Afghanistan or somewhere like Uganda. I'm going to donate some Bibles to go there while I say thank you to the, the goodness of those who minister to you. You can do that at the same time. And you know, so what, we, have, we give you a, a Gideon display, so I don't, I don't know where it is, but you can get access to those cards. But that's okay, that's okay. But listen, that's what the card rack is for. And listen, if they run out, we come put the, the cards back in it. The cards cost you nothing. We'll put the cards in there. You just take the card and decide to bless somebody. Amen. But we're asking you to consider sending a Bible somewhere. There's a church in South Carolina, Dillon, South Carolina, that took a program on just like this. And they said, at Christmas time, we're going to not only send cards to each other, we're going to send at least one card to Jesus. And they all donated something in one of those cards. Do you know they funded enough Bibles to take care of one of those countries I showed you? And this little church, a little bit bigger than this, but not much. They funded enough to pay for all of that. So you just take a card. And you say, well, I don't like that card. I don't like the card. Well, you can take one of those cards. We have a little insert that says we still want to donate. You can donate and use your own card. There's no hindrance. And again, when it's empty, we'll fill it. We'll fill it back up because that's what we want to do. Um, we're looking for partnership. We need more help. 
If one of the men in this church and their wives, they feel like this is part of something they want to do, come see me. Come see Brother Doc. There, there are some spiritual qualifications. There are some, some uh, uh, look, this is a businessman organization that has financial obligations to it. We don't want to, we're not trying to hide anything. I'm not trying to fake you into the ministry. This is a calling. And if you're not called to it, you'll know. But we're, we're, but we're asking you to consider being part of our ministry. And if, 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 if some reason, qualifications or you don't want to, whatever, you got some reason why you can't do it, we have a program called the Friends of the Gideons. You can just be part of us by prayer support or financial support and not be part of the full ministry, and we can still allow you to have access to some things. There's a lot of things I could show you. I don't have enough time to go. And, and listen, here's, here's what I want you to consider. Next slide, please. There's a couple of slides I want you to see, and it's very important. I want you to see what it looks like in Kenya when they hand out Bibles and see all the smiles. I want to see what you can be part of. Next slide, sir. I want you to see what it looks like in the Philippines. When they go to the Philippines and they hand out Bibles and they're doing what God said for them to do and they're doing the work. That's what it looks like. But here's the most important slide. Next one, sir. I want you to see what happens when somebody in bondage gets the word of God in their life and the joy that comes from being part of a mission-minded ministry. You have the option to partner with us. You don't have the option to be a mission-minded, Bible-preaching, Bible-believing church. You don't have that option. If you choose to take us on, hallelujah. We'd like to be part of your missions program. We'll come back every year and tell you what your, what your, your finances and what your prayers are doing. We'll come back. We'll, we'll help you and, and, and invite you to, to programs like we've already done. Listen, we'll partner with you. You have an option. You don't have an option to do what God said. So I come by to encourage you. Let's get the work done. The time is getting dark, and I need you to get encouraged. I want to, even, if you, even if you decide, well, I, I, we don't want to partner with you right now, but maybe down in the future. Do not let what God's word lay dormant. Because that's how we got to the condition we're in right now. Pastor, I appreciate the privilege of coming. I thank you for the opportunity. I thank you, church, for letting me come. Brother, you can come.